Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast, Sunday night football, little old school backyard brawl. NFC, AFC North style, Ravens, Steelers, not going to lie, enjoyed it. But uh, Steelers find a way to win. A lot of other stuff going on, right? NFC East, Giants are in. Eagles, I mean, leaking water hard. So, someone needs to uh, fill the leak because they, they got some issues right now. The football team commanders, not a good couple weeks stretch for them at all. The Saints want a first round pick for Sean Payton. The Colts really want to hire Jeff Saturday. Derek Carr, under no circumstances, should accept a trade. He's got a no-trade clause. And I give a little apology to my man, C.J. Stroud, who uh, was pretty awesome the other night, and some other thoughts on the two college football games, um, as well as sources. Coward might be coming on the show on Tuesday. We'll see. We're efforting some people, see if his people can talk to my people. And uh, and yeah, Middlecoff Mailbag, we'll put one on Tuesday's show as well, at John Middlecoff, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram Happy New Year. Happy. Hopefully everyone had a great New Year. I was bedridden with this head cold. I don't even know what the hell I got, but, uh, you know, tougher men probably would have been fine, but uh, you get, put a little cold in me. It throws me off. Hopefully everyone's feeling good. Hopefully everyone had a good New Year with your friends, your family, your loved ones. And if you're me, you're a 38-year-old and you're in bed by 10 o'clock, or if you're having the time of your life, I'm jealous. I'll live vicariously through you, even though I don't know you and probably never will. Uh, so yeah, let's dive in. Football, home stretch, baby. Playoffs right around the corner. Let's do it. Okay, before we dive in to the Sunday night game and the rest of this weekend, I want to tell you about my friends at Game Time. Right now, go to the Game Time, GameTime.com, Game Time, download the app. And listen, right now, all around the country, right? We got playoff football starting. We got one more week of the NFL. We have college football games. We have a national championship if you're in Los Angeles. NBA games, NHL games. And what's the best way to get your hands on tickets when you want to go to these games? Check out Game Time. The fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. Yesterday on, what day was it? Saturday morning, I thought about, actually it was Friday. I was going to go to the Michigan TCU game. It was right in my backyard here in Glendale. 
Got a head cold, still battling it, but I went to game time. They had some great offers, some last-minute deals on tickets to all your NFL, NBA, NHL, and NCAA teams. I cannot recommend it enough. Again, here's what you do. You go to the account, you download the game time app, you enter the code JOHN, that's J-O-H-N, that's JOHN for $20 off. You just download the game time app, create an account, redeem the code John, J-O-H-N, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's dive into the Sunday night game. First and foremost, before we dive into the actual game, I'm a sucker for old-school football. You know, young guy, like points as much as the next person. I understand the way the league has changed. I understand why they have done that. I enjoyed the two college football games that felt like they were both 75 to 70. I'm not opposed to touchdowns. I'm not opposed to wide receivers going off every single game. It's cool. But I still enjoy hard-hitting, ugly games. Now, unlike the 1980s or most of the 1990s, that's not the majority anymore. So that Sunday night football game, Pittsburgh against the, the, uh, the Ravens, which is, let's face it, one of the most physical rivalries in the modern-day NFL. And it still kind of has that culture and ethos to it, even in a league that is very pass-happy. And while it's pretty ugly to watch, now, Katie Pickett was awesome on the last drive and made a couple throws throughout the game, but for the most part, I wouldn't exactly call him Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. And Tyler Huntley, like, let's face it, kind of stinks. And the Ravens' passing game, even when Lamar is around, is not great. I just enjoy watching that level of football that level of violence, and that level of ugliness every once in a while. I wouldn't want it every single game. I wouldn't want to watch it start to finish Saturday to Sunday night. I get it. The football has changed. But I still have a part of me that enjoys big hits, big tackles, where it feels like there might be a fight at any moment, where if you told me that Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh got into a shoving match, and I was at dinner, and I got back and you told me that, I might believe you. That's not the case in the majority of football games now. And there's a level of, you know, hatred. Let's face it. In pro sports now, the hatred because of the movement with players and free agency isn't the same. I had Cam Hayward on this this offseason, who is going to go down as an all-time great stealer. And I asked him, like, what's the big old rivalry? The Ravens, which he clearly hates, or Michigan. And he didn't even hesitate. Of course it's Michigan. These guys that all play at these big universities, the rivalries and the hatred toward their you know college rival is real. When you get in the NFL, not that you're like some hired mercenary, but Seattle, the 49ers, had an incredible rivalry in the beginning of the decade. And then the 49ers signed Richard Sherman, and he became an all-pro. Like, at the end of the day, it's business. Like most of us. We might hate whatever business or industry we're in, our competition, well, if that business offered us quadruple what we're making, we'd go in a New York minute because money talks, shit walks. And there's still a level, and partly because Tomlin has been there so long, Harbaugh's been there so long, that game just pops on TV, even when it's ugly. Like, I'm recording this. I don't know what game will be the Sunday night game, but like Jacksonville and Tennessee, probably going to be pretty ugly, even though there's a lot on the line and they're division rivals. It will feel nothing like what we witnessed tonight. And speaking of what we witnessed tonight, there's still a game left. So we'll see if this record 
uh, you know, sustains and maintains. Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. Obviously, he's eight and eight, but a seventeen game season. If he loses his last game to the Browns, he would not. It would end the streak. But I was thinking, watching that game when Kenny Pickett was driving down the field, Najee Harris was making plays, and T.J. Watt was just awesome. I mean, what a badass! But obviously, the Steelers. You know, we talk a lot in pro sports about culture. And it's hard to kind of put your hand on it. You definitely can't quantify it. Clearly, whatever Russell Wilson, the culture he brought to Denver, didn't work, right? And clearly, the culture in Seattle just kind of sustained. It's like, well, Pete Carroll sets the culture. Does the head coach set the culture? Do the players set the culture? Or is it kind of a combination of everyone? And I was thinking watching the game tonight and watching the Steelers players, I think it's less about a culture and more about a standard. And I think I've heard Mike Tomlin use that word standard. And to me, when there's a standard, like most people you meet, right, later in life, 30, 40, 50 years old or whatever, that are just high level guys, typically at point in time in their life, their parents, a coach, whoever their mentor was, grandparents, whoever, you know, taught them growing up, there was a standard in the home. Stand up straight, look people in the eye, shake their hand, follow up. Be early. Just basic things in life. That stuff translates. And usually successful people have those traits. We don't come out of the womb with those traits. We have to be taught that. Well, in football, in the NFL, I get to draft players. So I get to pick players in the draft who fit my culture. And the Steelers, think about their core guys. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, a guy I thought was insane when they traded for him, first round pick, has been fucking awesome. Najee Harris. What a badass that guy is. And then they can take some flyers on some guys over the years. Antonio Brown. Once upon a time, uh, Harrison, the pass rusher, was a pretty big flyer. Obviously, George Pickens. You know, some people did not have him on the draft board. But most of all, the standard is set by your core star players who every single day work hard, come to work. High-level players, violent players, focused players. Football means everything to them. So the standard in that organization, whether they got Roethlisberger thrown for 500 yards a game or they got Kenny Pickett, you know, who's a little hit or miss, it's every single game we got a chance to win. And those guys are locked and loaded. And in my basically adult life, these last 20 years, that team has been made up of dudes who are not fucking around, whose standard is sky high. Obviously, Tomlin, high-level guy, really good coach. Very focused, great leader, just a dude's dude. I mean, the real deal. But I bet he'd tell you a lot has to do with the guys that we surround this team with. The leaders and the core group of these guys. Because the reason they never lose, even when it looks as ugly as it did tonight, is T.J. Watt making play after play. Mika Fitzpatrick making play after play. Now, their young guy, Najee Harris, four-year player at Alabama. Standard, obviously, sky high at Alabama. And that's what you get. And they just, you know, find a way to win. Now, do the Steelers have some super high ceiling with Kenny Pickett? Of course not. Like, do I think he he made an incredible play at the end of the game? It was really impressive. Do I think that they are going to be some AFC contender? Not when you factor in Joe Burrow, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. It's a tough crew. But the one thing they will do a great job of, not a good job of, a great job of, of is putting high-level players around him. And the one thing that hit me tonight, and I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett guy, but if you can surround Kenny Pickett's, the Mac Jones, 
the Kirk Cousins, the Dak Prescotts with really high-level teams and good players around them, you got a chance to win double-digit games every year. And to me, next year, Kenny Pickett will build off that, and maybe you got a chance to be a 10-11 win team. Now, do I think you're going to be the Cincinnati Bengals? I do not, because Joe Burrow is the difference. But you have a better coach if you're a Steeler fan, and you have a group of guys that aren't going to be intimidated by the Bengals. But the difference is, in this league, for the most part, you can ugly up games like it was tonight, but you get in games where you got to score 25-plus points. It's an issue for the Ravens and the Steelers sometimes. Let's just face it. And speaking of the Ravens, like, what are they doing? It's crazy that if they would have won tonight, they would have had a chance to win the division if they beat the Bengals next week. And it, it still felt, whenever I've watched them basically the last couple months, I, I just don't see it. <clears throat> now, Lamar's been in and out of the lineup, and, and who knows if he's going to come back next week. Kind of a bizarre situation ever since they weren't able to sign him. But what is there going to be identity moving forward? Because to me, there's a one-and-done team in the playoffs. They're, they're a lock to make the playoffs, obviously, with double-digit wins, and they got the you know sixth seed Pretty much, I mean, they have it locked up even if they lose next week uh, to the Bengals. But, I, you know, they haven't paid him yet. And now the situation, if he wouldn't sign the contract last year, even though he had a down season, it's not like he's going to take less this year. Never forget Dak Prescott, who turned down a huge contract and then was offered, you know, got $160 million guaranteed the following year after he shattered his ankle. So they're kind of in no man's land with their quarterback situation. And... They have a good core group of players and like the Steelers, a mindset and a standard in the organization. But most people think Greg Roman has a ceiling when it comes to the passing game. He does. And this Lamar situation has gotten kind of weird. And looking back, I thought Lamar made a poor decision because they offered him more than fair value, but he made a decision. And it's weird because... It feels like they're still close, but there have been some rumblings. Now, granted, it's on the internet, so you never know what to say, especially things coming from like Reddit. Like, is he kind of, I I would say, prolonging this injury because of the situation with his contract? I don't know. But this situation for being a team that's going to go to the playoffs feels like the Ravens have underachieved. And it feels like they're in somewhat of a transitional period. And right now with their passing game, like Greg Roman has never proved that he can coach the passing game. That is not his deal. Like that's he didn't work with Colin Kaepernick. Now, Lamar is a better passer, but you watch the Ravens, you know, go, oh, it's just they're close to being able to pass it like the other teams. And here's the thing, and same goes for the Steelers. You're in the AFC. You're not dealing with cousins and Dak and Purdy. Like you are dealing with Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, who's in your division. So they, they gotta figure out a way to get more explosive and they gotta figure out this quarterback situation. I don't think he's going to be on a different team, but you kind of convinced me of anything. This thing has gotten pretty weird pretty fast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 New York, Tennessee Red Line 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming Visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Let's talk about the NFC East. Start with the Eagles because I think I've seen a lot of people talk about the Eagles peaking early like they peak too early. I've seen that out there on the internet streets. I, I think it's a little bullshit because I, listen, you always like if your guys stay healthy and you're a talented team, you're going to go through ups and downs in a season. You want to be playing your best football at the end of the year. That's a cliche thing to say, <clears throat> but ultimately like you just want to be healthy going into the playoffs. Like you want to be healthy going into the playoffs. And if the Eagles, especially in the NFC are healthy, they are clearly right there with the Niners as one of the best teams, not just in the NFC. I mean, they, them and the Niners are the two best teams in the NFC, but one of the best teams in the league. They are every single game, a guy is dropping like a fly. I turned on the Eagles game today. I didn't have it on early, had like five games going. I flipped it on. As I flipped it on, the game is stopped. There is a cart on the field and the Eagles are huddled around the cart. I'm like, what is going on? And it's uh, Josh Sweat. I think that's the right sweat hits his head into the running back. I, I haven't seen anything since the game. He went to the you know hospital. Obviously, who knows? I, I don't have the updated information, but clearly it wasn't good. He was carted off, went to the ambulance, starting pass rusher. Like, this is not... You can only overcome so many injuries. You get to the point where you lose your quarterback, who's a star. You lose your right tackle, who is a star. Like, you start losing some of these players, eventually it has the law of diminishing returns. They lost a DB last week. They lost a pass rusher this week. <clears throat> it's hard. And the other thing in the NFL, even though I like Gardner Minshew, if I was the Eagles, I would feel very good about him being my backup quarterback. But there is a big gap, for the most part, when you have a high-end quarterback and a backup. And I thought that was on full display today. Like Gardner Minshew is a good player. He's going to play in the NFL for a long time as a backup quarterback. But the drop-off with him and Jalen Hurts is pretty wide. And the other thing is the Eagles' offense, 
A lot of it is predicated on Jalen moving around and running the football. That's a huge element of what they do. And this year, it's really opened up their passing attack. That's why A.J. Brown has been a star, even though Gardner did hit him on a sweet touchdown pass. Devontae's had a breakout season. Miles Sanders having a big year. They missed that. And I, I just think that, listen, if if Sweat's out now, if uh, uh, the DB they lost a couple weeks ago is out, he is for a while, if who knows about Lane Johnson, <clears throat> we'll see this week about Jalen Hurts. You can't overcome that. You can overcome a random dude here, a missed guard here, and a special teamer there. I can't take away four of your impact starters when one is your starting quarterback and the other is your best offensive lineman. Like gets to the point where you're leaking oil and you can lose all these games. And that's kind of what's happening right now. So I don't view the Eagles as like they peaked too early. I just view the Eagles as they've had a fucking million injuries and they're having injuries at the wrong time. If these injuries would have happened in early October, you know, it would have been a lot different. I watched it with the 49ers. They had Trent Williams went down. George Kittle went down. They've had guys go down, but it happened earlier in the season. And then late in the season when they had to win, all those guys were on the field. So to me, the Eagles, like if they're no, especially their quarterback and Lane Johnson, like they, they're not going to win the NFC. I thought fully healthy, they could beat the Niners. I, honestly, I don't know if they can beat the Giants this week if Gardner's got to play again. And speaking of the Giants, like I, I said it last week and I'll say it again this week and I'll say it over and over. What Sirianni's done with the Eagles is impressive. What Kyle Shanahan has done with his third string quarterback is awesome. It, it's, it's like borderline unprecedented. I mean, he's won, what, four straight games with Mr. Irrelevant? It's crazy. But both those two teams, even, listen, the Eagles are leaking oil. They still have a lot of good players. When the 49ers had injuries early in the season, they still had really good players. Who, who's the New York Giants' best player if you're, I'm the, you're not allowed to say Saquon Barkley? Go. <laughs> it's hard, right? What Brian Dayball's done this season is awesome. Now, here's the thing. They play the Eagles this week. The Eagles have to win to get the number one overall seed. The Giants are in. They cannot change their playoff seeding at all. They honestly, in a weird way, have nothing to play for this individual week. But big picture, the Giants are not a Super Bowl team. So they're not like, and I understand coaches don't think like this, but Brian Dable's not an idiot. Joe Shane, their, their general manager's not a moron. Smart guys. These guys are hot. It's a high-level duo. If you're the Giants, wouldn't it set the tone for your organization? And speaking of the standard, like the Steelers and the Ravens, start setting the standards? Because listen, some of these core guys, you had multiple draft picks this year. They're all playing. Daniel Jones more than likely is going to come back. You got guys on the team that aren't going anywhere. I think the Giants are going to take this game very seriously. Partly because who are they sitting? Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Well, part of sitting a guy is because like I think we can win a bunch of games moving forward. Do they really believe that? I don't think so. Here's the other thing. Those two guys specifically are not necessarily their players next year, though more than likely Daniel Jones will be their quarterback. But Saquon Barkley, like, wait, the Giants are really going to pay Saquon Barkley? They might, but is that the history of what New England guys do? We'll see. I know he's their best player, but they don't really have to worry about big pick, like this week for the Niners, for example. Would they rush? And I don't even mean this rush. Would they play Debo Samuel? I'd argue it doesn't make that much sense. Why are you going to play him in a game against the Cardinals who honestly probably couldn't beat Arizona State right now when your, your mindset's going to be to win three playoff games? And maybe, who knows, if the Eagles lose two playoff games. But that's all that matters. And you know you can do it because you've won playoff games and you have a Super Bowl-level team. But here's the other thing. Debo Samuel is your player for years to come. You just gave him a contract extension. So you have to factor that the short-term and the long-term. 
what's Brian Table long term? Like, I bet he has a lot more new players in two years than he has on this team. That's just that was always going to be the case. So I would imagine, and listen, what Brian Dayball's done this year is remarkable. I think he plays this out. You somehow beat the Eagles, and we saw a couple weeks ago it wasn't even close. So it's an easy one for his guys to kind of get the mojo going. And I said this the other night when the Cowboys won that weird game Thursday night. You know, whatever. It was a tough game to watch, but they just gave themselves a chance. And today's a good example. Eagles lose. And all of a sudden, the Cowboys are a win away and an Eagles loss away from the Eagles being the wild card team. And I would say the most head-scratching move today in the NFL, and this also just ironically has to, uh, I don't even know if ironically is the right word, but just uh, randomly fall under this NFC East purview here, is the Washington football team commanders. I thought two weeks ago on Christmas Eve, the, the 49ers played the Washington commanders. I was I, I had mimosas before that game even came on. I was pretty I was pretty toasty. And by the second half, when they yanked Heineke in that game, I, I remember thinking like, I, I've had about six, seven drinks by then. Ron, what are you doing? Like you, you, Car- Heineke is not the reason that you are not in this game. Honestly, I thought he had made some plays. You're going to go to Carson Wentz. The reason your season got going in the right direction was because this young, unnamed, kind of random dude that most football fans, beside the one playoff game he had against Brady, don't know anything about, gave you life. And clearly, a lot of guys on the team liked him, believed in him. And there was like uh, something to him, a moxie, uh, you know, a panache. There was just just something, you know, that he brought to the table. Did he have some limitations? Hell yeah. But Carson Wentz is not good at football. It's crazy because several years ago, I thought he was a star and going to be a superstar in this league. Me, like most people, dead wrong. He stinks. He's awful. And one thing to make the move in-game, but then to go to Carson Wentz in this game, I thought was pretty embarrassing. And I know he's getting crushed on social media today for because uh, he said he didn't know the playoff scenario. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. The only thing in Ron Rivera's mind that mattered was beating the Cleveland Browns today. And he didn't do it. And honestly, I looked over at the score a couple times. It didn't even look that close. <clears throat> but to me, the season was over the moment he went to the bullpen to Carson Wentz and then stuck with him. Like, what's your loyalty to this? Why do you think this guy is going to get you in a position when he's proven over and over and over again? And it shows you, I don't remember a player that is such a high, high, right? Like he had a season where he was going to be the MVP. And then several years later, he just stinks and teams just get worse when he plays pretty crazy. But Washington's done The, the NFC East. We all made fun of that, that division before the season. Three teams. Three teams in the playoffs. So, uh, hat tip to them. A couple other things I wanted to hit on. First and foremost, Derek Carr. The Raiders, Jared Stidham looked pretty good today. Raiders gave the 49ers all they could handle. They easily could have won the game. Easily. Several times. But, you know, I've been watching the Raiders for a decade. They easily could have won a lot of games. They end up losing. You know. Derek Carr. There's been a lot of talk. If you're listening to this, if you're a Colts fan, if you're a Jets fan, if you're a Seattle fan, I've been getting a lot of DMs. Like, I, I get a lot of Seattle DMs, actually. Like, why shouldn't we be all over them? I'm like, yeah, you should. I think the Colts make a lot of sense. I think the Saints would make a lot of sense. But here's the thing. If I'm Derek Carr, you only get leverage in life, in business, so many times. Right? And as a player, like as a NFL football player, 
Your leverage might come once in your career. Think about Aaron Rodgers. Truly had it one time in his career and it was last year. Peyton Manning had it one time in his career when he hit free agency. I'm Obviously, they have some when they're negotiating a contract, but I mean true leverage. This is what I want. Give it or take it or I'm gone or I'm not coming to your franchise. This notion that the Raiders are going to trade Derek Carr, I think we need to pump the brakes. Derek Carr has a no-trade clause. Now, I said last week that the Raiders sending him home was an embarrassment. They said today on the broadcast that it was Derek's idea. Listen, I will take back my shit-talking of the Raiders if Derek agreed to leave. That's You cannot do that. That's a loser move. I would If I was his representation, his agent, his friend, his confidant, under no circumstances do you lose. You make them send you home. You stay. You show up to practice. You be the third quarterback. They're not sending you home when you've just done that for three. You don't tuck your tail between the legs and leave. Now, I don't know. We got a lot of, this is all the Raiders side. If Derek, if they're lying, he needs to come out and say something. But here's what I know do I do if I'm Derek. I'm not accepting your trade because his contract is not guaranteed every single year. Every team can cut him. If I'm Derek Carr, the reason quarterbacks don't get leveraged that much, they don't ever hit free agency. The one time Kirk Cousins hit free agency, he got like $85 million guaranteed. If I'm Derek, I give up my middle finger and say, F you, cut me. I'm not accepting any trade. And then I'll pick my destination. What is the minimum amount, Derek Carr? Flawed quarterback, but probably the best quarterback to hit the open market, him or Cousins, in the last 10 years. What would he get on the open market? Minimum three years, $100 million. 60 guaranteed minimum? You don't think the Colts would give him that? Seattle? You don't think the I don't think the Jets make much sense with the weather, but they'd have to think about it. They'd have to talk. What was what's he worth to the Saints? I know some of these teams cap situation, but if Derek Carr's a free agent, we saw Kirk Cousins, whatever, five years ago or four years ago, or whenever he went to the Vikings, hit the open market and had the Jets and the Minnesota Vikings bidding on him. And at the time when he got 85, his contract fully guaranteed, that was an eye-opening contract. Well, Derek, coming off a weird year, I think most teams are going to judge Josh McDaniels, a loser. First team in NFL history to have a double-digit lead and blow it five times in the second half this season. Only team in NFL history to ever blow five second-half double-digit leads. Josh McDaniels, like Derek Carr, lifetime 65% passer, 68% last year, this year 60%. Warren Sharp had a good breakdown of like some of his statistics. Like, Josh McDaniels is the guy to bear a lot of blame. These other teams are going to give it to him. So if I'm Derek Carr, the number one move you make, fuck you, Oakland or Vegas, cut me. Now, I'm not acting like Derek Carr is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen here, but he's got leverage. You got this no trade clause. You got to use it. I would not let the Raiders benefit from what you've given when you just had this crazy breakup. Couple quick things on coaching. The Saints, they want a first-round pick for Sean Payton. To me, that's kind of laughable. Like, it's over, guys. That, that just feels like you're being greedy. He's never coming back to you. I, I think about right now, and listen, I've been looking in the housing market for a while. People offered to buy my condo in the Bay in the peak of the hysteria in 2021. I, I probably could have sold it for $150,000 more than it's worth today. But it's today, it's not worth that much anymore. And I still have it, right? A lot of you listening, you probably sold homes or bought homes in 2021. That market is not today's market. And honestly, it's never going back. And, and as someone that's kind of bidding on homes or sniffing around, I see a lot of people that like had their home on the market for 1.5, six months ago. 
and they've dropped it like 1.4 and they're getting no offers. It's like, hey guys, if you want to sell your home, you might have to take 1.2. You bought it for five. So you're still making $700,000. Do you want to take a profit or not? Because if things go haywire, it could be worth one at the end of next year. So just be prepared, right? Like the Saints, he's never coming back to you, ever. So if you're Sean Payton, you're not going somewhere and making them give up a one. Like, hey, New Orleans, I'm not coming back to you. So you don't have a first-round pick. I get you wanting a first-round pick. You ain't getting it. It is not happening. Well, you take like two threes because that's what you should do. What do they say? Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. Like, you can want a lot of things. Like, a lot of people have outrageous numbers on their home right now. Guess what? They're never selling for that. Ever. I'll promise you. And depending on where you live, it's going to go for a lot less. Arizona. So, if I'm the Saints, like, start being realistic about this. And honestly, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm only going to a couple places. If, if Brandon Staley's one and done and they fire him for me, I'd go there. I'm not going to Denver. I'm not going to Arizona. I'm not going to Carolina. So, you know, I'm not a lock to go. But Carolina, or I mean, New Orleans just thinking that they're going to get a high pick. Like, the reason the Raiders, when they traded John Gruden to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for whatever, two ones and $8 million. Think how crazy that is. Al Davis wanted $8 million as well. It wasn't just... Picks, I want cash. Like <laughs> That must be a cool thing. Back in the day, that used to happen a lot more when all these teams had way less money than they had now. Like right now, can you imagine like $8 million to Jerry Jones would be like what? Like $80 to me or you? I mean, that's $8 million. But at the time, I mean, $8 million was a lot. He just wanted cash as well as some picks. John Gruden was the Raiders coach. Like he was the Raiders coach. So it's like, you want my coach? Yeah, you got to give me two ones. And he had just, he was one of the best coaches in the league. Sean Payton is retired. He's done. Now, I understand you get compensation because of the rules. He was under contract, but put down the, uh, the, the pipe. And I've read some studies. I haven't done, uh, you know, the, uh, the devil's lettuce lately, but it's a lot more potent in 2022 than it was back in the day. So maybe, you know, Mickey Loomis and some of those people are on the wrong stuff because you're not getting a first round pick. And I saw this rap sheet said that the, the Colts, Jim Irsay wants to hire Jeff Saturday. Now, it gets uglier every single week. The Colts are they're terrible. I mean, they are a bad football team. And besides <laughs> the Raiders win, they have not been very good. But when he hired this guy to be his interim, I think it's pretty clear he wanted to make him his head coach. Because I understand, like Jim Irsay now has had Frank and he's had Chuck Pagano, like... He's had these coaches since like Dungy that I think he wants to like, but then he watches them and is like, I don't even think these guys are that good. And I understand if I was an owner and I was worth all this money and I had won before, maybe I just want a coach that I liked and a guy that I could just hang out with and call my friend. Now, you can say that's bad business and it is, but it's pretty clear that's what Jim Irsay wants. Now, can he hire him? Yeah, I mean, technically he can do whatever he wants. Would there be fan backlash? Well, are people in Indy going to cancel their season tickets? Like, if they haven't done it yet, why would they do it when they hired Jeff Saturday? So I I wonder if he is just balancing in his head, like, this is the guy I want to hire, even though it's probably a terrible hire. But I would be somewhat prepared, if I'm a Colts fan, for them to hire Jeff Saturday. I mean, I I kind of expect it. I would say the eye-opener of the day. The Green Bay Packers have, I mean, last week against Miami on Christmas Day, that was not the prettiest game. I mean, they were down double digits in the second half. Miami imploded. 
Tua was concussed. If you saw the story today, Jay Glazer said that Mike McDaniel, when they were going over plays, Tua said he couldn't even remember the plays, and then they looked at the play, and then it was like, bad deal. But the Packers today, beating the living piss out of Minnesota. That was... Kirk Cousins, that game, more than judging the Packers, was why we don't take the Minnesota Vikings seriously. 41-17. to It was 27-3 to at halftime. Like, come on, Minnesota. You're going to have that gutless of a first half on the road outside? It's... For a team that is 12 and 4, their point differential is minus 19. Minus 19. I think the Niners is like 145 or something. They have the same record. Like minus 19. Statistical anomaly. Impressive win by the Packers. A couple quick things on the college guys because I, some Ohio State fans, and you guys are biggest fan base in the country. I have said over the year that I'm not the biggest CJ Stroud fan. And like, you know, and I've, I've admitted to this, I base some of my opinions off my friends in the NFL who have won Super Bowls that do this for a living. And I've talked to a couple guys, they're not the biggest CJ fan. No one disputes his ability to throw the ball, right? You just watch him in the pocket, throws dimes. Tua did the same thing. And part of the knock was, well, he's playing with the best wide receivers in the country. And like Tua, who had the most incredible lineup ever, can make it look really easy. Throws beautiful balls. And CJ is an accurate passer, Throws a gorgeous ball. My knock on him was, listen, pocket quarterbacks in 2022, like I like my guy to move. And my people that go through Ohio State say he's not that great of an athlete. And I had some of you guys in DMs that would fire in there and go like, John, I think you're off on CJ. He's a better athlete than you realize. I'm like, well, I don't watch every state of the Buckeye or every game of the Buckeyes. But when I do watch him, I never see him move. And I just don't think he's going to be able to get away from guys in the NFL. Well, he plays Georgia, who have NFL guys everywhere. It's like, who the fuck's this guy? And he's making plays with his legs, scrambling around, breaking tackles. It's like, if C.J. Stroud had played like that throughout his career, I think he would probably be the number one overall pick. But I have never, ever seen him do that. And, And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I've missed some Iowa games or a game against Minnesota. Like, I'm sorry, the NFL not even taking those games that seriously. But he does that against Georgia. He was remarkable. His, how just athletics, like he's not a great athlete, but he's a much better athlete than I thought. And he was a playmaker. And to me in 2022, obviously you have to win from within the pocket. And CJ can do that. But to be a good player in the NFL, I can't have you not be able to move. You have to give me some athletic ability. These defensive linemen are too fast. Well, against some of the best defensive linemen, arguably the best defensive linemen in the league, uh, Jalen Carter, CJ was running around. So props to CJ. And listen, is one game going to elevate him to the number two overall pick? I don't know, but that was... I know a lot of teams in the NFL did not have him as a top five player. And that is the type of game that makes you reassess some things. That was... It's hard to have one game where you completely kind of change... Because he was viewed as a first-round pick, but change like the trajectory of the way people... And that's a, that's a game changer. That's like, holy shit. I remember Fields had that game against uh, Clemson at Ohio State. It's like, guys, this is a top two pick. He ended up going 11. People are idiots. But yeah, impressive game by CJ. Also, impressive game yesterday by Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I guess this would have been this would have been Saturday morning. Both those guys, more than likely, Bryce going to be the number one overall pick, and Will Anderson, depending on the quarterback, is going to be a top three or four player. They did not need to play in this game. And I talked about the Steelers, the standard. The standard at Alabama is fucking higher than the sky. 
This year, I, I would imagine Saban would say it was kind of a disaster, even though they went 11-2, and two, right? They didn't make the SEC championship game. They just didn't look as good. But those two guys, to be such highly touted guys, to, to play that well that both of them did this season, and then to play in the bowl game, and both of them come out like, of course I'm playing in the bowl game. And the media who freaks out, like, listen, obviously it's very, very risky for them. I just, the media who mainly is awful at business, like, I don't care about your opinions on what these guys should do or not. Like, these guys play football. If they want to play great, if they don't, I got no problem. I got no problem anyone sitting out a bowl game. These guys did not need to play in the game. But if you don't think that that doesn't impress people around the league when they do that shit, it it does. And there's a reason when one guy goes one and the other guy goes three, that those teams, like, those guys are wired like Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) And those type guys are typically winners. Uh, Guys that had bad weekends, Harbaugh brothers, I mean, that's, that's a rough 24-hour stretch for, for Jim and John. I would say it's worse for Jim. Uh, the game was close at points, but for the most part, I've been watching Jim Harbaugh playing these big games since the 49ers, and he's a good, really good coach. He's won playoff games. He's beat Ohio State now, but just something's a little off. When he needs to get over the hump, you run Philly special early in the game, they, they, they just do things that are just head-scratching. It, it, it really is. And it's crazy because you watch Ohio State play right after Michigan. You go, how did Michigan beat Ohio State? Like, I'm watching Ohio State. They're way faster, way more explosive. Even though when I watch Michigan, I completely understand, but then I watch the two separate. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Ohio State's better. And I, the final score was close, but it felt like at times TCU was the, the better team. And then Jalen Carter, the star defensive lineman, number 88 uh, for Georgia, who's going to be a top, I'd say, five player. He's going to be a top five player in the draft. He's like Fletcher Cox, but probably even a little more explosive. I Fletcher was when he was young. Where was that guy yesterday? <laughs> like, I mean, what, what, did he make a play? I think I saw he had one tackle. He had a PBU on a, on a batted ball. But like, I expect a little more. Remember Will Anderson last year in the playoffs? Remember some of those Georgia guys last year in the playoffs? Like, Jalen, like, you're going to be in this game. We're going to need a little more out of you, buddy. Like, that was, that was a terrible performance by the guy. I mean, that, that was awful. I know CJ avoided him on one rush, but I would like a little more out of my star defensive lineman in a big game against a team that's passing it all the time. But uh, fun, game, fun day of games. I mean, it was, felt like there were 8 million points scored. Uh, fun to watch these NFL guys. The national championship should be fun. That number one at TCU... Uh, from all people that I know in the league, think he's going to be you know the first wide receiver taken. So uh, one more college football. Ga- I guess we got some college football games. If you're listening to this Rose Bowl, enjoy them, and I will talk to you guys Tuesday. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.